Hi, ever wonder what it's like to work another profession or live in the underworld? Listen to Unsuspecting Riders give a 10 to 15 minute personal masterclass as I spontaneously interview them as they enter my taxi. I'm your host, Simon Rushton, and this is Taxi Chronicles. Morning, morning, morning. Yes, we're back with another episode and another rider. A very beautiful rider today. It's a lovely lady called Ashley, and she's a ballet dancer. And she looks like she could do that number where she stands on her toes, <laughs> which I certainly couldn't do. But anyway, nice to have you here today, Ashley. Thank you. Lovely to be here. <laughs> okay, so tell us about what age did you realise you want to do be a ballet dancer and why? Well, I started when I was three, so I've been dancing for a long time, um, and I'm originally from Australia, okay. um, and when I was 15, I moved over over here to the UK by myself um, to pursue a career in, in ballet, um, and so that was the moment that I really kind of committed to, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Okay. Yeah. So that's... All right, there's two points there when I'm going to ask questions. First point is 15, that's very young. Mm-hmm, yep. Did you have to get permission from your parents? Or? Yeah, yeah, they were obviously fully supportive and they, they brought me over here and then left me and then went back home. Um, but there's just so much more opportunities over here for dance, particularly ballet, obviously Europe being so close. Australia's quite isolated. There's not as many opportunities. Um, and it was kind of the done thing. So even though I was 15, I knew a lot of girls who'd done the same thing and I thought it was very normal. Um, Were you put with a ballet school? I was, yes. Oh, so you weren't like just dumped here, told to find a school? <laughs> no, no, I'd, I'd, I'd sent out audition videos and I got accepted into a school. Oh, so you was, oh, I see, it's like a boarding school. Uh, yeah, well, first year we were boarding and then second year was... Um, on your own? On your own, like, yeah. Like universities, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So what, um, starting, what was the impact, what was, sorry, what was the main, how do I put this? So I'm fumbling here. Um, what's the main difference, surprise for you, culture surprise, when you came to England? Um, obviously, the weather's quite different. <laughs> um, but to be honest, because we're part of the Commonwealth and everything, Australia and England are quite similar, and it was an easy, um, you know, an easy place to to come to first off, because it's not, you know, crazily different. Okay. Um, with um, with your dancing, what does it take to be a belly dancer? Belly dancer, sorry. Um, well, obviously it's a very physical job, so, um, you know, a lot of it's really simply like your physicality. You've got to be able to have like really straight legs and point your feet and, you know, balance and jump and all different things. And so you kind of find out from a young age which of those you're good at, which of those you need to work on, flexibility, things like that. Um, and yeah, it's, it is a tough career and it's, you know, like any in the arts industry where you have to audition a lot, you'll get a lot of knockbacks. So you've got to be quite thick skinned. Um, and then at the end of the day, it's a performance. So you've got to be like personality, um, face, uh, yeah, be a performer really is the main thing. Who, what, what are you performing in now? Because I know obviously we're on lockdown, but mm-hmm. are you assigned 
are you like with a theatre group where you're doing a play or so I'm with a company called Matthew Bourne's New Adventures at the moment um, who is probably most famous for his all male Swan Lake so any dance fans will probably know probably know that piece um, so we haven't actually performed in a year due to lockdown um, and we're currently kind of workshopping the Nutcracker which will open in October so we still have a long way to go but we're just in doing some rehearsals some workshops and you know classes keeping ourselves fit and ready for when that comes around yeah. so you're just training for the moment for the rush yeah whether the rush is going to be a couple of weeks or a month exactly <laughs> no yeah knows. no one knows okay so education wise you do, do you do GCSEs in Australia um, we have an equivalent, yeah, called school certificate. Okay. Um, and I did mine by correspondence, so I kind of like homeschool, did that whilst doing my dance training. Um, but yeah, I have my those equivalent uh, qualifications. Is there any specific qualifications a ballet dancer needs? Not particularly. Like you don't necessarily need a diploma or a certificate. There are like I have my diploma in dance, um, but you kind of never really asked for that again. Um, most companies require at least three years vocational training, so in a in a proper ballet school where you do it full time. Right. Um, but again, not always. It's just auditions, and you show up, and if you're the best, you get the job. So you don't actually need any any paperwork. You just have have to have the goods, basically. Yeah. So someone could have been home homeschooled on ballet, and they turned up, and they're the best, and yeah, they get the job. Exactly. Yeah. So how long have you been in the ballet industry? Um, so professionally, <laughs> I'm trying to work back now. Um, well, the company that I'm currently in, I've been for 10 years. So yeah. do, do I? <laughs> Thank you. You said you started with three, 10 years with, yeah, okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Yep. So I shouldn't be working out your age. Uh, that's <laughs> fine. <laughs> but, no, that's, no, that's very impressive. Um, what would you say you've learned that you wish you knew when you'd started? Mm, that's a really good question. Um, I would say probably, and this is something that I do tell lots of students who ask this question, is just to be more versatile. I think particularly growing up, I was very much like just ballet and I just wanted to do ballet. Um, but there's so many dance styles out there, you know, and like now I do a mix of ballet and contemporary and jazz. And I mean, there's musical theater and acting and gymnastics and singing. And there's like so much more to, you know, the performing arts world that I think if, the, the more you can do, the more chance you have to work and the more exciting projects come along. Mm -hmm. um, so I kind of wish I'd yeah, done more acting classes, more singing classes, um, just a bit more, really. There's a movie which is about ballet where Kieran, is it Kieran Knightley? And there's another woman who looks like her and um, they're wrapping their toes and there's like breaking nails or... Mm -hmm. Is there a lot of injuries involved in ballet? Yeah tons um obviously we're balancing up on our toes and that's like the whole body weight has to be on the right joint and um so yeah we all have black toenails and blisters and yeah i had surgery in june um on my ankle from just from years of going up yeah so it's very very common injuries in dance but you do everything you can to prevent them and make sure you're working right and warm up properly and sleep well and eat right and all those things that athletes do to avoid that yeah. is there like a 
an average lifespan, like it's a young person's thing. It's like mm-hmm. when I hit 30 or even 28, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, it's a much earlier retirement than other careers for sure. Um, I'd say classical ballet, uh, 40 maybe. Okay. Um, you know, other styles, you can go a little bit longer. What's the difference why you can go longer? Um, I think the point work is one of the main ones because... When you say point work, what's... Uh, that's the shoes where you go up on your toes. So they got that block with mm-hmm. a wall or something. Yeah, you like pad it yourself with cotton wool to make it a bit softer but they're essentially wooden wooden shoes that you stand up on um and that's just you know after years and years you go on point when you're about 12 11 12 so you do that for so long and then I think by that point the body can't take it as much of course there's like individual cases for everything um but then say even like musical theater or contemporary ish um you you can seem to go a little bit longer it seems you you said you started when you were three we've been speaking about injuries Mm -hmm. what ages did you start having injuries do you know what i don't think i had a a serious injury until i was about 16. um and what was that I yeah I just like went over on my ankle at school um, and I snapped the ligaments and the tendons and all the bits that were holding it together Um, yeah my foot blew up like a football like instantly and it was black for about three months it was like a really bad but that was like a an accident injury where something happened like I fell Um, whereas most injuries tend to be niggles over time that get worse and worse and and things like backs and uh, and ankles are big ones, knees, things like that. You've spoken about the different styles um, of dance. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your most preferred and why? Um, I mean, it's so funny because I said I'd love to go back and do more and more, but classical ballet is still kind of my my favourite and my original, um, you know, dance form. And it really is kind of like the centre of, like, if you do ballet you can branch out to the others so much easier where it's hard to if you do another one to come to ballet because ballet's really tough and it's really technical and it's really old school um but it's such a good foundation for all of dance i suppose there's not many dance industries where you have to go up on your toes yeah <laughs> and, stuff and, and then jump and pivot and do that swan lake kind of <laughs> yeah exactly and everything that you do okay <laughs> So can you tell us a bit about the other styles then? You said you spoke about jazz ballet. What's the difference? Was it just people playing saxophone music in the background? Um, yeah, kind of. Like, it tends to be like music and dynamic. Um, I mean, jazz isn't my like top style, but it tends to be more like ballet is very turned out. Jazz you can turn in. Um, so when you say turn out, turn in, what's... Um, so like your legs when you stand in ballet oh, they okay. turn out and they face away from each other and then like contemporary and jazz you tend to be in parallel with your legs and feet rather than uh, rotated out um, which sounds like not that big of a deal but when you've trained your whole life to turn out to actually turn in is quite difficult That's yeah exactly yeah. Um, and yeah jazz is just more of a style like more kind of like you said jazz music or modern day music and mm-hmm. um, you know, a bit more funky, a bit more fun, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. I understand, I understand. So apart from that company you've been working for, what big show, have you done any big shows? 
Um, well, yeah. Well, I've been with this company for 10 years. Um, and so I've done Swan Lake, Cinderella, Nutcracker, um, The Carman, The Red Shoes, um, Edward Scissorhands. We did a show of that. So you're a heavyweight. Yeah, I've done a few shows, yeah. <laughs> I should be honoured. Uh, <laughs> Not that I know anything about ballet, but yeah, okay. Yeah. So, um, one of the last questions coming to the end. Mm -hmm. What's the impact you want to have on the world? Um, I suppose, like everyone, I just want to leave, leave some sort of mark. And you know, theatre and art in general is so powerful, and it can be so moving to people. Um, that the more people I can just kind of reach out to and touch in some sort of way, um, you know, brings me a lot of joy. And that's what's been so hard about the pandemic is not being able to reach those audiences because that's what we do. We perform to crowds, to people. Um, without those people, our art isn't, isn't what it's supposed to be, basically. Um, so it's all about connections and, yeah, connecting with people. And, you know, I meet people at stage door and get lovely messages about, you know, how much they were moved and how they were in tears and how, you know, it was nostalgic for them or lots of different reasons why it touched them. Um, and that's just really special to be able to reach people. Mm -hmm. I understand. What's the future hold for you? Obviously, we've got the pandemic, but assuming there's no pandemic, What's yep. the future? Well, I just want to keep dancing as long as I can. Um, however long that may be is kind of up to your body um, and up to your employers also. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, it's been part of my life for so long that I don't think I'll ever not be in the dance world. Um, I, You know, during this time I've done loads of teaching, which I absolutely love to do and, you know, inspire the next generation and all the young young people dancing um so yeah i think i'll always be involved in that world okay, so no are you gonna set up a training school yourself i would love to actually and i would actually love to be back in australia as well still got lots of connections back there um yeah i'd love to teach and set up my own school for sure that's good that's good so thanks for that it's been a great interview where can people find you um, I'm on Instagram as Asharella14, which is A-S-H-A-R-E-L-L-A-1-4. -A um, yeah, and then, yeah, just on Instagram is my main platform, so okay. come say hi. Thanks a lot. Thank you. And we wish you well. Thank you. We hope you liked that interview. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe to get the latest daily episode. Ever considered investing in a continent with the fastest growing economy and population on Earth? The same continent that holds 30% of the world's known natural resources? Then listen to our sister podcast, Africa Investor Stories, where you will hear real investors with real stories from around the world share their experience of investing in Africa. We post Monday and Thursday at 10am.